you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. The Around the NFL podcast. In the top quartile of the upper quartile of podcasts. <laughs> That's timely. <laughs> From the Chris Wessling Podcast Studio, it's around the NFL, the flagship show, woo. Week 10. I'm Dan Hansis. That woo was Greg Rosenthal. Also, Mark Sessler in the house. What is up, my heroes? What, what is day. up, my heroes? What was so, a good game. It's a wild Sunday. Can you guys not talk at the same time? I don't know. We've <laughs> only been, we're in show 1762 and we're still doing that. Come on. Uh, you know what? Interesting. This season in general, um, and I've heard from friends who are hardcore football fans, some people complaining a little bit about the product at times this year. Maybe this season, the entertainment value is a little more up and down. And then something like Week 10 happens. And this was an excellent week with a lot of great games. We're going to get to all of them, including, uh uh-oh, listen to that. You know what that is. Of course you know. We we do it. That's it. That's all we get. That was... uh, yeah, bring it back. I thought we were getting lighting. Where's the lighting? The game of the year, Siren. That's what that yeah. was. Ah, okay. Uh, multiple games yes. of the year. No, there can only be one. Wait, what's the what's the multiple? Well, you called the what you called the Lions victory oh, today, yeah, one of the was, games of the year, about twelve tiny, minutes ago before the show. Cheek. It was a fun game, though. It was a fun game. <laughs> no, the game of the year, obviously. Wait, where's Justin? Justin. Uh. Uh-huh. What just happened? You know, I, you know, it's on my radar. I want to make sure that uh, Mark specifically is treating you well behind the glass. 
Um, but I was promised a light show during the siren sequence. Yes. Oh, one a small overlooked detail that we, if you want to bring it back at any point, we can. Oh, it will then that. be ready. Yeah. Okay. All right. See, that's communication. Off and running. <laughs> anyway, you could have done that on our messaging client, but no, involved I, the listeners. I think it's it's transparency is one of the reasons sure. why the listeners love us. Um, anyway, because like if I did it now, would we get it? it in about five oh. seconds. <laughs> Uh, maybe a little all more right. than five no, seconds. No, it's gone. It's over now. Okay. It's over now. We're going to do it but anyway. But let's get into all the games. We promise you this episode's going to be great. Starting with the game of the year. Light show or no? Allen back to pass in the pocket to the end zone. Yes! It is intercepted by Patrick Peterson! And he slides down! Woo! And the Minnesota Vikings are eight and one! And they come to Buffalo, and they walk off on Stephon Diggs and the Buffalo Bills. The crowd is absolutely stunned. (laughs) Oh, the bongos. Paul Allen and Pete Bursich, the call, KFAN. We're going to hear more from them because this was, without a doubt, there were a lot of good games this year, and there have been very good games throughout the season. But nothing matched this game in terms of the vibes, the heat. Daryl Johnson calling the game for Fox said, this has been the most amazing two minutes of football I have ever seen in my entire life, referring to the end of the fourth quarter. That guy's got three rings. (laughs) Patrick Peterson intercepted Josh Allen with 112 remaining in overtime. And the Minnesota Vikings roar back from multiple scores down in the second half to beat the Buffalo Bills 33-30 to uh, in the ATN era, gentlemen, uh, 2013 to present. I know there have been great games. As I'm watching this game, and specifically, really, end of the third quarter on, I don't know if I've ever seen a crazier, more exciting, more intense game between two teams who understood the gravity of the moment here. Amazing to watch. It also might go down as one of the great receiver performances of all time. I mean, Kirk Cousins is showing up big in late spots this year. You need a drive from Kirk Cousins. He goes and gets it, and he's partly done that by putting the ball up. The last three or four weeks we've been talking about and being more confident, giving the 50-50 balls to Justin Jefferson, be more aggressive. So with that out of the way, they don't win this game without Justin Jefferson. The Sheer quantity of ridiculous catches in huge spots yes. is just preposterous. Next Gen Stats had had a number that that all time high of receptions on throws that had a under fifty percent completion expected on on a throw that wasn't expected to be completed was six until this game in the Next Gen Stats era, and he had nine of those catches today of where you don't expect it to be a catch, but Kid Cuzzy, Kirk Cousins, and Justin Jefferson get it done together. I think part of it is Cousins has been throwing the ball to him beautifully. There were a couple absolute ropes in this game. And on the flip side, Josh Allen, he has the sixth interception this season of inside the opponent's 30-yard line. That's the most in the NFL. Four of the five of those have come in the last two weeks. And so we've seen we've seen Josh Allen, who's, you know, superhuman, for much of the season, go through little mini slumps in the past, and I think he's in one right now to some degree. He's still marvelous. Absolutely. I mean, remember, this was a guy that late in the week, it looked like, we talked about it on Thursday show, doesn't look like he's going to be playing in this game, and then all of a sudden he's trending upward throughout the weekend, and then he's on the field, and he's throwing ropes too, and he's uh, putting up big numbers, and yet, yeah, the inter- the interceptions, 
putting the ball on the ground, um, fumbles. Um, I want to – the way to get into this game, because every once in a while you do have crazy games like this. I took out a, a, a card holding in my right hand, and I – starting from 151 to play in the third quarter, Tyler Bass for the Bills kicks a field goal to make it 27-10. To that point, this was somewhat a normal game. Like, it was playing out how – Many would have expected Minnesota, a team that had jumped out to this big 7-1 and start, but are they really on the level of the top contenders? The Bills with Josh Allen looking like a team that could dominate. And then from that point on, a big game-changing play is Dalvin Cook going 81 yards on the ensuing possession on the first drive, uh, first play of the drive. That makes it 27-17. Been doing that about like once a week lately. That right there, and that gets forgotten now, but that changed this game because all of a sudden it went from, oh, this game's over, to, all right, they have a pulse. Then uh, in the ensuing possession, Josh Allen throws his first of two end zone interceptions in this game to Patrick Peterson, and Minnesota follows that up with a six-minute drive where they convert a fourth and six at midfield to, guess who, Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson has been a huge pickup for them. They missed the PAT, which makes it 27-23. And you're thinking, oh, that is so Vikings. But that made the drama even more so because after a Buffalo three and out, Minnesota goes 12 for 75, Greg. And that's when the amazing, and there are many great catches by Justin Jefferson, but Justin Jefferson on a fourth and 18 near midfield makes a one-handed snag that, you know, people always immediately judge things against the OBJ, but it's right up there. And the fact that, the stakes on that play. What's ironic about that is that didn't lead to points, Greggy, because on the fourth it's and goal. It's also defied physics. I have no idea how <laughs> no, it, it doesn't I, really make sense when you how look, it happened. The more you looked at it, the more replays of it, the, you saw when he was coming down at an angle with the defender on his wrist, it's like, how is the ball still in his it's hands? like the M.C. Escher painting of catches. But that, that drive ends in an insane way because um, they have a free play of the Vikings at the goal line on an offsides for Buffalo, and Dalvin Cook is by himself for the go-ahead touchdown, mm. and he just drops it. And it's a free play, so you get the ball back. Would have been the all, the all-time cadence clutch play of all time. Kirk Cousins' mm. beautiful base cadence. He was mad at me for not making the cadence rankings. Gets that offsides. <laughs> and that the cadence would have won the game if, if Cook just Cook drops it. the ball, and then on fourth and goal from the half-yard line, uh, Kirk Cousins gets stuffed. It's very close. But then, Mark, on the next play, uh, this happens. Josh Allen puts Gabe Davis in motion, and Davis is behind Allen, and he tried to push him. He didn't get out of there. He didn't get out. He did not get out. That's a safety. Give it to us. <laughs> oh, no. Minnesota dived on the ball in the end zone yes! for a touchdown. <laughs> yes! Are you kidding me with what just happened? Oh, wow. The shades of uh, Mark Charlie Steiner in the uh, 86 uh, divisional playoffs, Jets-Browns, where uh, he said, oh, the Jets are going to win this game, and they didn't because what they forgot was that there was still 90 seconds or so. The Bills go down the field. They kick the field goal to force overtime, and only because Gabe Davis has a sideline catch that they rule a catch that wasn't actually a catch. Another highlighter play that I had to mention here. And then you get to overtime. Minnesota kicks the field goal. And then Buffalo Mark is set up first and 10 at the Minnesota 20. They go right down the field. And you're thinking, after all of this, how Vikings is this going to be that they're going to lose this game 
Josh Allen does it again. He tries to force a pass over the middle when he doesn't have to. Patrick Peterson, who, by the way, is still making huge plays in this league in 2022, mm -hmm. makes the interception. Game over. Stunner. Vikings for real. Bills go from best team in football seven days ago to third place in the AFC. It's amazing how quickly the scenery changes. And, and we, I mentioned those Allen interceptions of late. It, you know, in, in these spaces that count where it should be the opposite from Josh Allen. And, I mean, uh, you know, for me, it's like this Vikings team, which for years I thought it's just been the same team season after season. It's just they're fine. They're good. They're not great. Uh, they have won seven straight one-score games, <laughs> which I, I believe I heard today has never happened in the NFL. And that is a wild situation. And I, but this is this – is, any team like this on a run where the record's starting to compile and it's you struggle to believe if they're in that elite class – I don't know if they're an elite team right now, but I'll tell you something. Like, a win like this changes everything that we should think about the Vikings because they went into Buffalo, totally hung with them, made life difficult for Josh Allen in key situations, and you have a quarterback and a wide receiver whose chemistry in unison is as good as anything we have in the NFL at the moment. I mean, what does it even mean, elite? They, they're going to clinch the NFC North potentially before December. I mean, it's it's possible that they're still got a massive lead. They're they're playing the big boys this week, and this was a perfect pick for game of the year because it's one of these seventeen point comebacks. This season <laughs> is yeah. defined by That's these right. monster comebacks, and Kirk Cousins this season has been defined by you need a drive, you got to drive from Kirk Cousins because Justin Jefferson is right there with the most valuable players at any position in the league and is help, helping them get over the finish line. Like, he hasn't played that well against some bad teams, and then at the end of these games, Cousins gets it done. I, I don't think it changes how I feel too much about either one of these teams. Maybe it just shows that the Vikings got a little bit of chutzpah. But don't you feel more, like the Bills were, like, impenetrable a couple weeks ago? Yes, absolutely. I, it does change how I feel about I, Buffalo the last couple I weeks. I think the, the turnovers, which is now three weeks running for Allen, and we've talked about it on the show a lot, that he's always been a dude that's going to give you a chance. But right now he's on a little bit of a, a cold streak, like if you're at the blackjack table and the dealer keeps on pulling 21. And it's it's a situation for me where this is not the night to be talking about regression in the Vikings because you're saying this is unprecedented. No one's won seven straight games uh, in this fashion I guess you could make that call, but I just got sometimes just got to give a team its flowers and be like, that's an incredible comeback and a great win. And Kirk Cousins, by the way, for most of this game, looked like he was having one of those Cousins primetime big spot type games, and he just flipped the switch. And I and I just got to give him a lot of credit. Let's hear from Kirk Cousins, who does he have plans? What's his nickname now? It's it's um, Kirky Chains. What is it? Help me out. Uh, anybody know? Kirkio. I see. Kirk on. Thuggins. Oh. Right. So it's all over the place. <laughs> I was giving him. I've been giving him Kid Cuzzy for a while. But well, that's, uh, that's pretty really good. But that's been yeah. taken kind of, but not really. That's a good one. Uh, <laughs> will he be topless on the plane tonight? I think we reached the mountaintop last week. I don't know that there's. Uh, I don't know that there's anywhere to go from here. Someone else wow. may have to take the mantle because. Uh, uh, I think we reached the mountaintop. <laughs> he doesn't have a choice on this. Well, we know something's happening on that plane. That shows great decision making, though. He knows when a bit has like reached. Its, right. Uh, we eight, could use one of those guys. His apex. <laughs> that's, <laughs> the, that's the new Kirk, though. 
two more Kirk Cousins plays quickly would yes. just be the second. The I two hope plays you're going to say one that I'm thinking of right the now. The second and one in overtime with a free rusher barreling down on him. Right. And he, he gets it off when Not normally looking. he would hold on to the ball and take a sack. Unbelievable. And then the play that set them up inside the five-yard line in overtime. That was more of a great throw than just a great catch by Jefferson. That was an absolute dime. He has this because he throws to where the receiver is going to be that not all quarterbacks have that ability to do that or the guts to do that. He does it all the time. So even with a pass rush bearing down on him, he can hit you in stride. I was thinking of he had a scramble inside the five-yard line where he put his shoulder down. And it's like, I'm not saying like Kirk, we don't know Kirk Cousins, but this is why he's getting the chains and everybody's into him. You're winning and you're showing that you're a dude and you're a member of the team. Really cool. Uh, Not, by the way, this is another, and I don't want to bring this up because nobody is covered in glory on this. Another Lockpocalypse. Oof. Bad week. And uh, the Cincinnati Zoo. They came strong on this one. Nick was Nick was very confident yeah. on this one. Do we have what Nick had to say going into this game? There's no way the Vikings go into Buffalo and take care of business in November. It's going to be cold. It's going <laughs> to be rainy. And the Bills take care of business. Mm, well, listen, I didn't think the, the Vikings were going to win this game either once Josh Allen was playing. I mean, he also took a lot but of I didn't sh- lock it up. He, he took a lot of shots at me. I mean, he's been a guy who's mentioned a lot this year that you got to have guts and, and pick a game that, you know, is, is, is like a close spread or whatever. And Here's the last, Rosenthal settling scores, uh, by the way, I, Like, do not come at <laughs> It's just funny because <laughs> if we knew all along Josh Allen was starting this game, this wouldn't even have been in the lock zone because the Bills would have been that big of a favorite. That's how much it moved to before the game. And yet, here it is. Justin. Nick on Twitter today to the ATN Lock It Up Twitter account when they tweeted this out said he thought Case Keenum was going to be starting and that's why he locked it up because Please, Keenum wouldn't have made those game-losing turnovers at the end <laughs> in the fourth quarter. It's a very solid point by <laughs> that's, Nick. That's Nick's. That's a great Nick move. All right. Well, listen, before we can't go in on Nick too hard because, like I said, that's the first of many misses in the prediction game. I've already lost my TNF prediction. Let's move on. So we gave that game a little extra love because obviously it deserved it. But there was a, there a bunch of really good games, including the first ever NFL game in Germany. Let's check that one out early this morning. White swings in motion, empty backfield. Brady looks, Brady looks, Brady looks back to his right, toes to the left, and it's caught. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Rah, Chris Godwin. Touchdown, Buccaneers. We lead 20 to 3. Crowd roared in Munich. But there is a flag in the end zone on that right side, and I think they're going to try to call it offensive pass interference. Seahawks thinks the penalty is going to be on the Buccaneers. There is no call on the play for offensive pass interference. The result of the play is a touchdown. Oh, say that in German, John Hussey. Touchdown in Munich. Gene Deckerhoff with the call WFUS. I love it. This feels like a. am getting the feeling it's going to be a big homer week for the uh, radio guys. Two wees in two <laughs> games so far. Right. Um, Chris Godwin, they need him to step up, and he did in this game with a touchdown, and Tom Brady remained undefeated abroad. By throwing two touchdown passes, the Bucks beat the Seahawks 21-16. Like I said, first game ever in Germany at in Munich at uh, Allianz. Mm-hmm. It's a very nice facility, at least from the television. And, uh, Greg, this game was uh, very – and we're going to get to the Packers a little bit too and Aaron Rodgers, these, the old guard. 
backs against the wall, some big performances. The Bucks all of a sudden in pretty good shape at 5-5 five and five hitting their bye. They're in great shape. They're going to host a playoff game. I'm sorry, Falcons fans or Panthers fans. I know Saints fans have no belief left. I, they're at 5-5, five and five, and this game had all the things that you wanted to see. It wasn't about Tom Brady. Tom Brady played well enough like he has played all season. It was about both lines just pushing the Seahawks around. They ran all over him. The drive to close the game out when Seattle closed the lead to 21-16 was so impressive that they just run all over Seattle. They did it all game. They had 161 yards. And then on the other side, they were harassing Geno Smith. They hit him six times while Tom Brady's sitting back there going pat, pat, pat. Almost a Golston for the Seattle defense. A Golston is when you get no sacks, no QB hits. There was one QB hit on Tom Brady, and there were a lot of plays where he got to get to his third read and then let Godwin make a play. Julio Jones makes a play. It was just really impressive impressive in the trenches. They look like the tougher team. And if they got that going, like they're going to be a tough team. You've been trying to make Golston a thing for 10 years on the show. I mean, it is a thing to me that I, I don't expect it to ever like carry on. <laughs> I think there was about a three year period where I gave it up and now I'm bringing it back. It's All like right. IR boomerang. It's got about the, le- that, the shelf life of that. That one's got some legs, though. Well, I feel like I've per- heard that. In Wes other and I said that that was going to take off I, nationally. I think it <laughs> like that needs a, a word. No quarterback hits, no sacks. That needs a word. And, uh, I, you know, Golston works. It was um, a really, a really fun game because like the game we just talked about previously, it felt like a game in hand. Tampa Bay is up 21-3. And, uh, Greg, I know you don't believe me, um, but uh, I don't have a problem with watching Geno Smith do well. I'm I'm okay with it. And you know what? How could you not be impressed by what he does? I know he had the big fumble that uh, helped put Seattle in a hole in this game, but those two drives uh, in the second half, late in the game, so many money throws, like right on the – and good decisions and going through his progressions – he, if you get the ball back in his hands, I could have saw them mm-hmm. saw Seattle steal in this game. It didn't work out that way. The defense couldn't get the stop, but I just want to throw some flowers the way of Geno. I mean, and also it was the Seahawks going for it on fourth down. The fourth down pass to Tyler Lockett. The fourth to one touchdown shot to, to Marquise Goodwin. Like that, Geno, every week, whether there's, whether he stopped or not and the team stopped, he continues to make some beautiful throws. And I, to me, this was the Bucks' offense that – we had been sold going into the season, and it started with the, the ability to run the ball. They were able to control this game early by by that, and it's like it, we hadn't seen that in, for weeks and weeks. And Brady, to me, is not the problem in that offense when they struggle. He can, he's throwing great. He looks awesome. He yeah. looks like Tom Brady. Yeah. I'm not, I feel like this could be – now, I don't want to get sucked in here, Greggy, on the Julio Jones tip again because we yeah, all did that. Julio, it, that was week a one. blown coverage. I know he looked but fast, but he, he didn't looked, make any He other was plays. moving he really well, and if Godwin is getting better – uh, obviously, Mike Evans and the running game is better with Fournette being minimized a little bit. I mean, this week you don't have. To, I feel like you don't have to squint hard to see Tampa Bay making a big push in the second half. No, I, I could. I could. You could really see it, can't Tom you? Tom Brady knows better than anyone. All that matters is how you play in that single elimination tournament, and it helps to be playing well in the few weeks before to feel good about those things. Their injuries that they've had have mostly bounced back. Their defense is healthier this week than they've been all season. Akeem Hicks was out there making plays. Winfield was back making plays. Carlton Davis is back playing plays. Fournette's injury in this game, I think, helped them out for the most part. I think Rashad White was already getting more work and I think he was more explosive but there were a couple plays and, and Brady's been playing well but he hasn't been in sync with his receivers and there were a couple plays in this game where 
they just weren't making those plays in previous weeks. Some of them were the third and two runs, and, and that wasn't Brady. But the others were that play to Scotty Miller on third and two where it just the was a beautiful catch. throw by Brady under pressure. And then another play where Tom Brady has to improvise and finds it to Godwin who makes the right read with Brady. They weren't making those plays. They did today. I, I, I think they're a very scary team. You look at They go into their bye, so they'll just get healthier. And then their schedule really is relatively soft down the stretch. So you're right. They're going to win the division. They're going to host a playoff game. And if you get this version of Tampa Bay, I told you whoever won this division was going to win a playoff game on our Friday fun show. It's not really that daring of a prediction if you yeah, get this I, I Bucks decline team. to uh, take you up on that one. That, I mean, yeah, I, like, yeah. you know, that's fine. But 10 days ago, we were talking about this team as a moribund offense that couldn't get out of its own way. That word so, hasn't come up yet. Well, a, a, not on the off- Sunday show offense anyway. in search of itself. I mean, they, we were one of the more frustrating it, it watches around. It might be coming around. up. That's, not, that's Ooh, a little tease. That could be coming up. There are a couple tonight. Couple candidates um, out there. My friend, good buddy, um, Shalin Patel, um, big time Bucks fan, big time listener of the show, uh, went flew from Tampa uh, to Germany for this game. Sent me a selfie on Friday night with Rich Eisen. I said, oh, do you, you know, say you're friends with me? He said, oh, no, I didn't think to do it. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's fine. Um, I love it. Uh, but Shalin uh, sent a video to on our uh, fantasy thread this morning uh, of him in the stadium, um, and he wrote, nobody leaving the blanking stadium. Game ended 10 minutes ago. Incredible vibe. And we all, on this show, we're – we're invested in the success of the game overseas because that's given the overseas audience has given so much to us. Um, so it's very cool to see this game go off in Munich. And Tom Brady had words along those lines as well. Yeah, that was one of the great uh, football experiences I've ever had. So says a lot for 23 years in the league and for a regular season game. And I think the fan turnout was incredible. It felt like a uh, very electric from the time we took the field. So uh, at the end of the game with them singing Sweet Caroline and uh, country row that was that was pretty epic. So I think everyone who's a part of that experience uh, got to got to have something pretty uh, pretty amazing memory for their life. So thank you for hosting us. We appreciate it. Thank you. I went to investigate the take me home country road country road scenario because it, like they were playing it as Tom Brady received like a shotgun snap at one point. But it is it is for years been a massive sing along hit in Germany during Oktoberfest. And okay. so they just they brought it to the stadium. I would have guessed it would have been like Duhas by Rammstein. <laughs> I know. It's like, or this. It's Goody's yeah. theme song. Yeah. Uh, they should make that an, an annual thing. I mean, you could see, like, Brady's eyes were kind of shining there. They was, seem smiling, too, again. It, it well, was, they also won. I mean, yeah. it's been a while. For it, it was emotional. And, and Colleen Wolf, uh, who I think we're going to hear at the, the end of this show, she, she sent in a, a missive from, from Germany. And, and she had a similar take, which was that, it, it was an emotional experience, I think, for everyone there, that the, the singing and everything that happened, that it's still going on 10 to 15 minutes after the game. Like, I don't think the German fans could have done any better. It's awesome. I hope we get over there with them next year. Yeah, absolutely. ATN to Germany. That sounds fun. And, Mark, when we were down on the field in London, I think you were in conversation with MJD at the time. And they were doing Sweet Caroline, which I don't like the song. I'm not yeah. a Neil Diamond guy. I don't like Boston okay. sports teams. Sure. Um, but that crowd, that song, I was getting goosebumps because they were singing it at the top of their lungs, that song, and everybody had just huge smiles on their face, 70,000 fans. The International Series, and this is going to sound like we're, you know, company men, or I am, is a huge hit. Like, and this is something they need to keep pushing, and I know they will. I think it's, it's also that, you know, historically, the passion at their football 
um, games nationally and, in, and all through Europe are, is insane. And they bring that to this. And this German crowd that you could tell on the television was absolutely off the hook. And like, I'm sure many spirits were imbibed going in and who knows what else. And I love it. And like everyone from NFL Network seemed to, as you called it, Greg, cited as like almost a spiritual awakening for some reason. So maybe they never come back to America. Well, they probably will, but I it know. seems like they I had a great time. And we don't, we always give uh, like the UK and the, uh, you know, Canadian and, and Australian listeners. Some pop. Maybe G- not the Canadians. So much. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you they deserve it. it. You, no, you guys. Hey, Germany. <laughs> Germany's right there. They're our number five country in the world. We love you. German fans. Thanks for listening. <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, we're just Got getting the started. We're just getting started. <laughs> Greg's going to do more of a deep dive on our listener data. Uh, stay right there. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it off? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because they ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. All right, welcome back. Before we get to the next game, we have some developing news uh, coming out of Minnesota, of course, or I should say over Minnesota, um, Greg Rosenthal. Yeah, Kirk Cousins wasn't lying. He has made the decision, or maybe it wasn't his decision to make. The chains have moved on. Patrick Peterson wearing the chains on the way home. Can I add a bod note to this um, uh, news update? (laughs) Absolutely. So I think we were all surprised to find out that, not shocked, but that Kirk Cousins – Delivered a, a surprising eight-pack, and, he, and he's he's quite um, shapely. But Patrick Peterson looks like a He-Man figure to me. Um, it is impressive. He's got some DK I would check Metcalf. it out. If you, DK I, I, no matter who you are, check it out online. I will. All right. You too. 
Let's head to Miami where, yes, the Dolphins had a chance to move into first place. Did they do it? Third down and goal from just about the two-yard line. Wilson, the running back, he goes in motion to the right. Back to throw. Throws a touchdown. Hill hmm. is fourth of the year. Going backwards. Tua puts it right on the money. <laughs> they are having fun. Because everything they're doing is working right now. Well put, Jimmy Cephalo, WQAM. Everything is working, and it looks easy for Tua Tungo-Vailoa and the Dolphins' offense who continued to roll over the opposition to with three more touchdown passes. That's an every-week thing. It's like 300 and 300 yards. 300 yards, three touchdowns almost every week. Dolphins beat the Browns 39-17. That's four straight wins for Tua, and they, they haven't lost when Tua's been the starting quarterback who's played the full game. Um, and to talk about this is a great friend, a man who we don't need to talk about eight packs when we got the pipe here. What's no. up, Nick? 26 pack. How are you, buddy? I, I wish I had an eight pack right now. Uh, I mean, I, I, Kirk Cousins doing a pretty good job there with it. Uh, Patrick Peterson. I mean, Mark, how do you get to that point in your career without having that type of body? We, yeah. we do all kinds of body talk here. Patrick Peterson, put him on Mount Rushmore. Oh, I am with you. I, I was happily surprised by what I observed. Very interesting. All right, let's get into it now, Shooky. Uh, again, like I said, the numbers are astounding for Tua. And I mentioned in the preview show last week, if he had stayed healthy, they would be on a record-setting pace. Hell, they might get there anyway uh, by week 18, 10 touchdowns and zero interceptions since returning uh, in week seven for Tua. Yeah, you know, a lot of people are going to take this as me being a hater, but a lot of those numbers that they put up could have been prettier visually, and yet they stand so strong in Hate the stat it. sheet because of where they are. Thank you, Greg. <laughs> Seven and three overall. This was their best game of the season. Tua, perhaps his best game of his career. He was clinical, operating drives with no resistance, with no worry, no fear, no no hesitation. Go look at the stat sheet from this game. It wasn't Tyreek Hill for 10 and 150. It was Tua hooking up with eight different guys. Trent Sherfield almost outgained Tyreek Hill. He had a great touchdown catch. Tyreek gets on the board with that touchdown catch that we already played. It was spreading the ball all over. Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, both running with authority. They dominated the Browns. Start to finish. The only time the Browns were even really in this game was on their opening drive. From then on, it was all Dolphins. And this mm. is the game that made me a bit of a believer in Tua and a definite believer in the Dolphins. They're on a roll. They're playing great complimentary football right now, and it's not just throwing the ball. They can run it really well, too. It's a, Tua just fits in this offense. And the way that Mike McDaniel has the wide receivers getting open for him, it's just like I don't really – I'm over the Tua debate to some degree, but also because I think that their, their ground game has been an issue in various weeks. The balance they showed today, 195 yards at 5.9 yards per pop. I know it's the Browns, um, and I thought after the Bengals game, maybe the Browns had solved some of their defensive issues. This game was lockable. All of us who had the lock – Lock up, pop until pop it up. started, until it started. It's a hard thing to say. I mean, it's just like, I think if this is the Dolphins team, we're going to get down the stretch with this ability to move the ball on the ground through the air. They are legit dangerous and can beat pretty much anyone in this yeah. strange NFL season. But I know we say, I know it's the Browns, but the Browns, like we said, going into this game, with the exception of one week, had either beaten every team or just barely lost. They've been competitive. They embarrassed Cincinnati in their previous game. So for the Dolphins to just hammer them here, again, yeah, Jeff Wilson has been a perfect fit here, Shooky. 17 for 119? I mean, is it, is it just that this offense is, is just so functional right now that anything they do seems to work? 
Well, kind of. It is kind of like that. But you got to give a lot of credit to GM Chris Greer, who went out there and addressed their need. They knew that Chase Edmonds was not a good fit in this offense. They weren't getting the production from the running game that they needed to be the balanced offense that they believed they could be that could really allow Tua to maximize his production with Tyreek Hill and with Jalen Waddle. So they go out, they get Jeff Wilson. Suddenly, Mike McDaniel has two former running backs from the 49ers that he knows pretty well, and they're both producing really well. They're a great one-two punch. They're pretty similar. Um, they're not too too different, but Jeff Wilson, I'm telling you, man, you know, we got to see him in San Francisco once they lost Elijah Mitchell, but it wasn't quite what you would expect. He had some nice runs, but their offense overall was kind of struggling. Then they bring in McCaffrey. Suddenly he's in a secondary role. He's expendable. He goes to a place where he's a perfect fit and it brings this offense to a height where now I firmly believe they can beat any team. If they play like they did today, they can beat anybody. Now their defense is going to have to play better on a week by week basis. Going to have to play a lot like it did today. Get after the quarterback, break up passes downfield. They were excellent in the secondary. Multiple attempts to Donovan Peoples-Jones broken up mm. by the defensive backs. If they play like this, I'm telling you guys, you got to watch out. Kind of reminds me of back in 2016 when the Falcons kind of got on a roll about this time in that season. They ran all the way to the Super Bowl. Today, they looked a lot like that team, and that's a scary team to watch. Or a little bit like last year's Bengals. And I mean, I, I thought it was impressive. I kept checking out the box score and watching the game. Uh, at the side of my eye, and like they shut down Cleveland's ground game for most of this, and it was a non-factor. I mean, Cleveland's a mess to me in a lot of ways. I don't think they're the sum of their parts on offense or defense in terms of the players they have, and I feel like they keep getting out-coached week after week. It's concerning to see. I mean, Mike McDaniel's totally outmaneuvered Stefanski in this one. Well, you know who was on that Falcon staff, uh, Nick? Mike McDaniel. You know who was on the Brown staff a couple of years before that? Mike McDaniel. And his coaching makes their offensive line better. I feel like that's the undersold part of this whole Dolphins season. Remember everyone said the Dolphins offensive line is terrible? Tua never gets touched. I know the ball is getting out quickly, but now you're seeing it in the running game too. And Jeff Wilson is a lot less stiff in the passing game than Moster. And ultimately they're playing mostly on passing downs. Wilson in two weeks has passed him and is their main back. They did lose Emmanuel Agba for the season today, who's one of their highest paid players. They are pretty banged up on defense, uh, but that Chubb move now looks even more important that they got him. Shooky, Miami scares me. They scare me. Yeah, They're the real deal in this division. And the Bills, I know what happened in the last two weeks. The Bills are still the Bills. This is a really good division. With uh, I think Miami is starting to knock on the door of, like, we might be an elite team. We know the Jets are a team on the rise. The Pats are in the mix. This is a very interesting division as we uh, head towards Thanksgiving. And they have a win over the Bills. Shooky, one and done for you, baby. <laughs> now you get more time. In and out. To there crank. we go. Just like the burgers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Love you. See you, Nick. All right. Bye let's bye. keep moving on to another big time game. You never count out number 12. 28-yard field goal attempt. Mason Crosby for the win. Snap placement. Kick is up. And it yes! is good. Crosby, who's done it again to the Cowboys, and the Packers have ended the five-game losing streak. A huge win for the Green Bay Packers. Wayne Larravee for the on the call. W R N W. Mason Crosby made the kick in overtime, but it was Aaron Rodgers making huge plays all night long, including three touchdown passes to rookie Christian Watson. Keep on that. 
keep an eye on that as a potential major development for this team. And a big uh, connection in the uh, overtime period uh, to Alan Lazard, I believe, uh, to set up that field goal. Packers 31, Cowboys 28, and um, Greggy, the Cowboys were up 28-14 in this game, seemed to have it in control, and it just got away from them. No, it did. You know, another lock from ahead for me, and Mark was along with this one too. Oh, All my locks this year, I, went, I just checked. All of them have given up double-digit leads in the fourth quarter. That's happened to me twice this that, season. That, so but that's it's that type of year. But that is the NFL. Mark yep. and I were talking about it early in the game, and I'm like, well, I'll just wait till the fourth quarter because nothing matters until then anyways. And I thought this was deserved to go to overtime because even though the Cowboys got up two touchdowns here, at no point did they look like the superior team. The Packers had a lot of great signs today. You mentioned Watson. That That's number one. Aaron Rodgers played – really well for for the most part. I think their game plan to stick with the running game uh, was smart, and they, they played physical, and it just looked like two really good teams that should have been just about tied the entire game, going blow to blow, blow for blow, and Dak had a couple interceptions where it was maybe on the receivers, not running the right routes, and then Dak brings them back, and the receivers for the Packers make a couple mistakes, and then Rodgers brings them back, and it just felt like two really good teams, and that means it's the best Packers game of the season. It might have ended basically on a holding call in overtime. Dallas was moving the ball really well, chunks at a time. They were in field goal range, and a holding call backed them up for, uh, what was it, a second or in 20, and they didn't recover out of that. Uh, but that, that's football, Danny. That's pa- football. Yeah, they passed on a, a fourth and four. They went for it instead of about a 55-yard Field goal, and that came after the end of the fourth quarter where the Packers had gotten the ball back after a stop and had a chance to win the game in regulation. And then kind of like, I don't know, they got inside their heads a little bit. Played it was a it. terrible yeah, last they, two-minute drive poor, for the Packers. Poor yeah. play calling, poor use of the clock, and it gave Cowboys a chance to, to win the game in overtime. But give Green Bay credit. Their defense, without Rashawn Gary, with all the issues they've had, got the big stops. And this is what I was talking about on Thursday, Mark, with Rodgers, that he... Stick a fork in them. Yeah, we did fork them. Yeah. Packers. Yeah. I, they took a message. What, they took it. Well, we'll yeah. See. When when he went on McAfee's show, Rogers, and he said, you know, I am the back-to-back reigning MVP, <laughs> that really did ring a bell for me. Like, uh-oh, this sets up pretty well for them with their as a caged animal, wounded deer type game, and that's exactly how this ended up playing out. So uh, credit to Rodgers and the Packers because they saved their season here potentially. Well, they did. I mean, we forked them, but in real life, uh, they are very much still in the mix. If they're going to play like this, and I, you've been waiting all year for someone to emerge in the passing game. And Christian Watson, it's not perfect, but he had 88 yards all year long until today and showed up in the big spot. I do think, though, they're, like Mike McCarthy was freaking out after that one pass to Lamb on third and four, there was a clear to me a defensive pass interference that right. was just not called. Mm. And I, you know, little things like that. Like well, how, that, that was why he slammed it down. You're right. The exactly, holding call, that, and then it looked like a pretty clear pass interference on Jair. It was but it's yeah, not yeah. surprising they missed that. It I'm was just a bang, saying, bang like play. we, like we could be talking about something very different. It's a kind of game where little things like that happen, but. Again, Green Bay ran the ball really well. They found something in the passing game. If the, it's like with a lot of these teams. If this is the version you get of the Bucks, if this is the version you get of Green Bay, the rest of the season, the NFC takes on a bit of a different complexion. Well, and, right. I don't think they made some big statement that they're like better than the the Cowboys. And it's they've, a huge they've, win, though. Yeah, they've had 
the wrong side of essentially end of game luck a lot this year. And now it kind of worked in their favor. But the fact that they went blow for blow and the defense, it was like a full team victory. The defense you mentioned got three stops in a row at the end. So it wasn't just the overtime stop. They got two stops in the fourth quarter when I expected the Cowboys Cowboys to be able to run the ball and do that fourth quarter thing that's happened to the Packers defense. It didn't happen. I think it is a huge statement, uh, by the Packers. And listen, they've been so inconsistent this year. They were on a five-game losing streak that even with this win, they're four and six and have a lot of work to do. Titans and Eagles next. We got a nice TNF game. You, you're gonna, yeah, you're going to want to say I, you got to get out of there with a split at least. If you get swept there, you're you're pretty much close to cooked there. So our uh, fork uh, situation, that could be still something where we don't sweat out. But at the same time, it's like I think the running game was better. The defense stepped up. But Rodgers, if we're going to kill him like we killed him last week, and he deserved it, you really got to credit him for making big throws in this game. And the Watson thing, part of the reason why they were uh, three and six going into this game, it's not Watson's fault. He's a second-round rookie. But it is that they haven't had that guy that they could connect with and and make big plays. So for one week at least, they found him. Let's see if they build on that. Right, and the fact that he started the game – looking like a volleyball player spiking (laughs) down multiple throws on their first drive, which ruined their first drive. And then he didn't know the ball was coming to him on another beautiful long pass by Rodgers that could have been a a touchdown late in the game. He actually still made those rookie mistakes, but Rodgers kept going to him because he's a real dude. If you really look at it, just those three catches alone, Rodgers only threw 20 passes in this play game. He only had six attempts in the first half. He played a a close to perfect game. Missed like a couple reads and that was about it. He played awesome. They ran the ball 39 times. I mean, the thing with like, I think that Aaron Rodgers, yes, his delivery um, verbally during the week and the way that, you know, even today he was going off on Matt LaFleur big time after that one busted drive. I, like, I, I do get where he's coming from, though, with his frustration. You're a two-time MVP. You came into the season. They trade away Devontae Adams. And for two-plus months, he has been out of sync with a wide receiver core that is young, that doesn't seem to kind of jive with their offense or know how to get into into in a unison with Rodgers. He, after the first touchdown to Watson, which was, I think, 60-some-odd yards, they showed, you know, the classic cut to Rodgers after the throw. And he kind of like threw his hands up like, it's not that hard. Like, help me out here. I'm going right. to keep putting on you. <laughs> help me right. help you. And uh, in this case, everyone helped out. And the Packers saved their season for one Sunday at least. Let's uh, move on to another game uh, that Greg says is in the conversation. is the greatest game of the year. <laughs> no regrets. Blitz is on. Giants get it. Jones gets hit, throws it left. Caught by Slayton. Runs out of a tackle. He's got a first down to the 40. Down the left sideline, 30. 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Dives for the end zone. Is he in? Touchdown, Giants! <laughs> Darius Slayton, 54 yards and a third and nine. Heck of a play. <laughs> I thought we were doing that. Yeah, I don't think Greg referenced this as game of the year uh, fodder. I don't remember you saying that. Don't besmirch my name with this Texans (laughs) trash, please. Apologies. Uh, Bob Papa with the call on WFAN. Yes, it was Darius Slayton with a 54-yard touchdown. Uh, But it was Saquon Barkley who, again, was the bell cow for the Jimen, who ran for... 152 yards on 35 carries. That's a career high and a 24-16 win over the moribund Houston Texans. That's one, but it's not the last. Sessler, your thoughts on this one? Uh, you are correct about the moribund You are correct, sir. On the Texans, that is true. Epic, uh, man. Giants, though, I mean, coming out of their bye, they, this was sloppy 
early on. And I, what I loved about it was I, you got the Brian Dable, like, nucleus exploding. And he's a very active coach on the sideline. And there was a series where uh, early on. Animated. You, it was fourth and one. And an offensive lineman, you know, he's all over the offensive line. They oh, try yeah. to recrap that thing. And he, it's all, he goes off sides and it blows up their chance to go for it on fourth and one. And Dable is just on the, on the sideline screaming at the entire bunch. Later on, there was a 14-yard punt. From the um, at fourth and twenty three from the Houston forty, oh. which had Dable throwing his headset down. Yeah, they put they tried to put Kenny Galladay out there for some reason, who was an absolute disaster. I don't. That's been one of the worst free agent signings <laughs> of our lifetime. Can I jump in one second on that yes. one? Yes, because I love when uh, I love when Roto World just gets feisty. Yeah, uh, around this time of year and their their headlines. Uh, NYG colon Kenny Galladay goes off for one drop in Giants win. <laughs> he had a terrible <laughs> drop, and it's just like bang out of the lineup. But they did get their act together, and it, it had a lot to do with their defense. And I know you're playing the Texans, but the Texans, I will say one thing. You can call them moribund, but they do find ways to stick around in these games. We saw it a little bit against the Eagles, which should have just blown their doors off. But in this one, they at one point, they're down 21 to 10. They mine down to the New York Giants 10, and the Giants – Get a fumble off Damian Pierce. That was huge. I mean, it just it basically kind of took the air out of the Texans' balloon. If, you, if there's not a lot the, of air in that, there's balloon. there's not a lot of no, air. No, they're balloon. one seven and one team. Uh, we're gonna get to five and a half or four and a half. The over, not looking good right you now. You know, like when your kid, my son Harrison, just had his uh, birthday, and you know when there's a uh, mylar balloon that you purchase for way too much money, and then it's the party happens, but you don't want to throw out the balloon because you paid damn fourteen dollars for it. Um, so it stays in the kid's room, and then three weeks later, you realize it's still there, but now it's on the floor. Or That's, it's like a foot and a half off the ground kind of oh, thing. Oh, no, it's yeah. on the ground. It's it, on yeah. the ground. It does it's have air in there it's still just, it's, it's like it's in a launch period. Technically, it's, not, yeah. it's still a balloon, yeah. but no longer what it once was. A depressing state for that balloon. Uh, I mean, they got Mills <laughs> on, an, on an interception in the end zone on the next drive. They just they, they did what they needed to do. It's a typical Is this ugly, a sentient balloon? <laughs> I don't know. Was it feeling bad about itself in my... My children's bedroom? No, I think it was close to the end of its I think I think a depressing <laughs> state me, for please. that balloon would be a good sound job. Just because you delivered it with the vigor of a professional mm. broadcaster. Mm-hmm. I really no, you're welcome. Anything else uh, from this game, Mark, that really jumped out to you? Because as someone that I will be watching it uh, for power rankings reasons, um, I feel like this is exactly what I would expect yes. it here. Saquon yeah. would get the ball a ton. They'd find a way to get a couple touchdowns. The Houston wouldn't score enough points, and the Giants get that seventh win. And kind of leaves you a little bit. I know you're a bigger fan, Mark, of the Giants than me. Um, but like, kind of like, do we, what do we think about the Giants? No, this is this is their identity. I mean, they pulled out the win. Um, I think they did it with good coaching, with with their main stars sort of showing up the best they could. Uh, it it was if you were to dream of this game at night before it occurred, and you would have dream realistically, this would be the dream that you would have dreamt. Right. I mean, hey, they covered. They uh, they got to just win like these a boring games. dream. <laughs> they got to win these games that they're supposed to win, and they will yes. be going to the playoffs. They are now in second place in the NFC East. We're still waiting for the Eagles to, to play mm-hmm. Monday night, but now they're a game ahead of the, the Cowboys, who are three back, potentially, and the Eagles. It's just you keep stacking up these wins, exactly. and it's very close. I yeah. want to just close by saying this is an, I'm not trying to denigrate what the Giants have done. It is pretty amazing that Brian Dayball has this team at 7-2. and two. I don't care what they're – who they've beaten? That is a great. It's coach of the year material. Of the One, uh, yes. with the way they vote for that. One quick thing is thirty-five carries for Barkley. That's a lot. Is outrageous. They had a third, not a outrageous, but they had a thirty-one carry game for him earlier in the year, and then at thirteen the next week. So maybe they'll be conscious of it. But the mm-hmm. the history of players having injuries 
after 30-plus type games when they're not named Derrick Henry. Well, they're only giving right. Daniel Jones 17 throw. I mean, attempts in this game. And they're also playing around Daniel Jones. Not for nothing, well. a running back who is known for getting injured. Sure. Keep an eye on that. Just give Matt Breida some carries. You'd still beat the Texans. Yeah. And now Greg Rosenthal's submission for greatest game of mm. the season. Ever. Ever. Here we go, boys. Let's get off Any this sport. field. There's the shotgun snap to Fields. He's back. Fields looking. Fields pressured. Fields hit from behind. He's going down. No, he stays up. Fields, no, he's going down. <laughs> oh, yes. This is fun. Get it oh. down. Sacks. Three tries. Third Anzalone. Time the charm. Julian <laughs> O'Connor finally took him down. Oh, my goodness. I've never seen anything like that before. Oh, yeah. In your life have you seen anything like this, Greggy, you're right. The team of ATL is back. <laughs> we back, baby. We back. Turn up on my headphones. Who will be the team? Team. Sing it, Greggy. The team. The team. team Sing it, Mark. Only one team. Oh, he's not feeling it. This is why they don't quit on him, Mark. No. I don't like the I don't like the team. I don't like team. Respect the song, Mark. L-A-T-L. Listen to this part. Very special. Ow! I don't like this caption that I that I suggesting that I quit on them. I just I was I was disappointed. Let the audience in them. know what you're talking about. On the YouTube <laughs> copy of this, it says, it's "Hey not Mark, just YouTube, it's this, many multiple platforms, on very many platforms. This is why you don't quit on the team of ATL." Well, tell yourself that I didn't quit on them. I just was disappointed in them. Weeks on. I end. was trying to get him excited during this Couldn't game too, and he was like, "Well, I do. I kind of like Justin Fields, and that's fine. Justin we all Fields like Justin is a Fields, superstar, and that's why this is one of the candidates for is the games gonna? of the year." Oh, different show. Uh, because Justin Fields lit it up. He does everything in this game, 147 Wait, yards on the ground. I didn't say what happened in the game. Hang oh, on. okay. Hang on. That was the big stop by the Detroit Lions defense, <laughs> the much maligned Detroit Lions defense, in a game where Justin Fields, again, pounding on the door of the Superstar Club. Not yet, son, because the Lions and Dan Campbell get the stop, win 31-30. I think there's a... PAT shenanigans involved here, Greg, mm-hmm. you're going to tell us about. Uh, okay, there is the table set. We got a little carried away. I I get carried away when I talk about the 3-6 and six Bears versus the 2-6 and six Lions. It doesn't get any bigger than that NFC North action on real grass. They're trying to play us on artificial turf. Check out those injuries. Not happening in Chicago. They just did a they just did a uh, a survey where they oh you know it's kind that of similar is some, in terms don't of the be injuries. don't be a company man here. I, literally, this, that's the data. This I don't was know. a beautiful game. A 14 point comeback by the Lions. So improbable because it wasn't just a 14 point comeback oh. in the fourth quarter. It was one where the Bears started the fourth quarter with the ball, and to that point in the game, the Lions defense had created one stop. That Justin Fields just had them in a torture chamber. Every time <laughs> that they thought that they had him, he scrambles out and gets a touchdown. He did it scrambling on a third down. He did it on third downs throughout the game, but he also had a ton of great throws, and because of the run game, they would just bite on the play action and leave guys wide open, and they didn't know anything. They didn't have any clue of what to do, and yet in the fourth quarter, you got to give the Lions defense credit for forcing a three and out, for getting a pick six where pressure and Aiden Hutchinson in the way of the receiver uh, made Justin Fields frizz out and throw a terrible pick six. 
right after that, Justin Fields gets that 62-yard run that I'm sure our, our listeners have, have seen that was incredible. But after Turned that, a Jets. couple more stops, including that one to end the game. Meanwhile, just Jared Goff is doing his Jared Goff fourth quarter thing and making plays. And this Lions team for the second straight week, look, if, if Dan Campbell's ever going to turn his career around, this is how it would look at home against the Packers in a game that felt like you shouldn't have won on the road against the Bears down two When's touchdowns. When's the last time they won on the road? Not in the Never Dan Campbell, in the Campbell era. Campbell two this times in a row in the division. I mean, this, this is, is how it would look. It was, it was stirring. It was I don't fun. like, I don't like to do this on the show, but sometimes there's a lot going on on a Sunday. I don't know this. I just saw a couple tweets from angry Bears fans that they said the officials played a major role in how this game closed. Did you sense anything officiating wise that was fishy? I need some more specifics on which uh, plays they're calling. I mean, they could have their kicker hitting next. So they're just point. crying in their milk. I'm sure there was some questionable call uh-huh. at some point. All right, so there you go. We'll never get that time back. Oh no! A disaster. Who is this? Speaking of missed extra points, that that <laughs> banged me in a big spot. <laughs> Locked up the Bears. Justin Fields against this defense was everything I expected until the final drive attempt to go win the game. And then they lost. The the locks that hurt the worst are the ones where they're in your back pocket. And you even move on with your day. Two touchdown lead in the fourth <laughs> right. quarter. I'm it's like, here we go. Good job, Bears. This season. And it happened to you. Sorry, Justin. The witching hour got me. Yeah, you didn't lose any ground, though. Nobody lost ground today. I, uh, some credit for uh, Jared Goff here, though. I was about there to make this go, whole Peggy. thing of, like, t- 2022. This is, like, a perfect example of Stone Age ponies. Versus like the new NFL. That's what it looked like through three quarters. But Goff was just hanging back there. This Bears defense is terrible. They created no pressure. And he hung back there and made a lot of good throws in the fourth quarter. Amon Ross, St. Brown with over 100 yards. Jamal Williams with, with some big runs at the end. I mean, and yet Goff is in his final swan song as a starter in Detroit, I would I would imagine. Sure. And the Bears, I don't really. Bears fans, you could be annoyed with the refs. You want to win these games. You want to hang around in the NFC. You've got something special. You've got a right. future. I mean, if anything, uh, literally, it's another one of these things that four weeks ago, Justin Fields was viewed, I think, widely as sort of a bottom seven quarterback in the league. And everything has changed. Right. So everything's changed. Some of my favorite plays from him today were when the rush got there and he kept his eyes downfield and it looked like he was going to run and then made a really nice throw. He, he's doing it all. I mean, they ran for 258. They were like a Bears dream. If so they, they set had, that record. They, they, they became the first team in NFL history to do that five weeks in a row, that 200-plus mark that the 70, 76 Steelers held that mark previous. Fields has a rushing and a passing touchdown in five straight games. He also has the most rushing yards in the history of the NFL in, in a five-game stretch for any quarterback. Listen, I you, mean, it's just outrageous. You don't get into the uh, superstar club without a, a, a really good resume and team success as well. But what he's doing right now, it you is eye-opening. think he's there as a, as a passer yet, though? I don't Maybe and I, not. I think it's just that his overall game puts him in, puts him there. Mark, will you, uh, going forward, give the Lions your full heart? I see. Here's the thing. Like your heart I, at, in hard knocks. He can't even give a yes or no answer. I, like, I actually that. totally, give, give I totally support what the Lions are. I think Dan Campbell is totally enjoyable. Going back to hard knocks, I absolutely adored them. I was just simply disappointed them in them the way you would be with a child. Yes or no? Will you yes. give them your heart? Yes, I give them my heart. They already Will had. Will you ever stop talking, it, Greg? It is just another fabricated narrative on this on this show. This one's not fabricated. No, it is fabricated. I do like other You've teams made more comments than the Lions. That maybe regretted, you know. Those- Let's finish strong, Lions. Let's take a break. Showing some heart here, Lions. 
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. All right, let's keep the good times rolling. Arrowhead. Second down. Goal to go at the six. Chiefs are spread. Now Mahomes fires Kelsey. Quick touchdown. Kansas City. A fourth touchdown pass by Patrick Mahomes. This time to Kelsey, his buddy for seven yards. And sweet neck through the end zone. And the Chiefs lead 26 to 10. Oh, I love it. I love when Mitch Holtis hits us with the sweet neck there. <laughs> Great job by the radio guys today. Great job by Drew, they were on it. Justin, everyone behind the glass every week. The work that's being done behind the glass does not go overlooked. It's pretty good. WDAF and Patrick Mahomes threw for 331 and touchdown passes to four different receivers. The Chiefs offense nearly 500 yards, three turnovers too. In the end, Greg, 27-17 win over the Jags. Um, seeing some... Uh, talk out there that was good quarterback play on both sides in this game I would agree with that and uh one of the turnovers was on uh, a kick return to end the second half and it it was a reminder like how many things have to go right to beat the Chiefs in the first half of this game the Jaguars had a couple turnovers they forced a couple turnovers and they had a successful onside kick to start the game they stole three possessions and they were down 20 to 7 at Mm. halftime despite 
stealing three possession. Both quarterbacks were great, but only one of them was, was Patrick Mahomes, and only one of them was coached by Andy Reid, who kind of had it all over. Doug Peterson just mm. – Doug Peterson played a little cautious despite that op- onside kick. He decided to punt in multiple situations where he should have gone for it. How? How down. do you do that? How do you go from I know. onside kicking to start a game to playing conservative – Attack! It was crazy. Go and just, all in. Like the the routes that in the the route combinations that the Chiefs had just had the Jaguars scrambling, where it felt like they almost won this game before it even started. Where were we with the? Uh, I know you picked this largely because Tony Romo was um, operating as the, so the color broadcaster. What happened with him fawning over Patrick oh. Mahomes? It was one of my like safe <laughs> bets on the Friday fun I'm show. I'm so glad you asked. I have this little note card oh, of things geez. to talk about. I circled Romo plus, and okay. what that means is. I think Romo has his fastball back, or at least he did today. He made a lot of really <laughs> incisive comments about the development of Trevor Lawrence on some what throws is this, 2018? that he didn't see Trevor Lawrence that I was like, okay, you're, you're teaching me something here. He talked about uh, the way that Kelsey was running his routes and Juju Smith-Schuster, how Juju's kind of getting how Patrick Mahomes thinks that don't run it like it's written up on the textbook. Start adjusting in the way Mahomes wants to. And he had a couple great examples with Juju and Travis Kelsey that were both big plays, and I think were one of the reasons why this game never felt that close. We're going to have to watch this. You mentioned Tony Romo. Oh, and his eyes, the eyes the of eyes. Patrick Mahomes. How Mahomes is just dominating this game with his eyes. The new Tony Romo in my eyes is Mark Sanchez, mm. and he will be on our show on Tuesday. Mark Sanchez on Around the NFL Tuesday. Keep so getting these incredible guests. Tune in for that. How about this Kadarius Tony touchdown? He's catching the ball. He's running the ball. Uh, we've talked about why he potentially can be a big-time fit in this offense uh, once he gets reps. Did you see, you're seeing some of that in this game? It was only a couple of plays, but you could see his athleticism. The, yeah. the run after the catch that he made not on the touchdown was just outrageous. He just and he just skied high for another catch. I guess it was like three different plays. This is athleticism, and they might need him more because Juju Smith-Schuster got hit in the helmet in one of the craziest non-penalty calls of the year. They didn't give a intentional or uh, a roughing. But they uh, threw the flag it. and then they picked threw it the up. flag and picked it up, and I it was a clear targeting where they, they hit were, him in the helmet. That re- we both both watched that replay. It's like what con- compelled them. To pull the flag off the turf. It's and like, then it was Andre Cisco of the Jaguars. Chiefs were not happy about it either. Right. Cisco of the Jaguars was taking out the entire receiver group. He then took out Valdez Scantling on a play where it looked like he kind of launched himself. And Scant- Valdez Scantling did end up returning. And that one was a little more borderline. But the Chiefs should have been... Uh, the Chiefs should have been unhappy. Jaguars fans got to be happy, though. These were two great games by Lawrence in a row. You, I know you set me up to start there. For the most part, he played outstanding and had four or five just beautiful throws in this game. So another nice step. That's like forward. all you want to see from the Jaguars at this point in the season. Maybe, I mean, they're, they're they're not a playoff team at all, but like a, a definitive growth from Trevor Lawrence to go into next offseason. They got two dudes, him and ETN. And Kirk is a great slot receiver. It's good too. signing. Like that ended up being a good signing. Uh, and the Chiefs are now 7-2. and two. They get the Chargers next week. They take care of business there. That division looks like it's going their way They're number one. one. Think how recently that last game of the year was against Buffalo. That was kind of the game of the year people were trying to say. Mm-hmm. I didn't think so. And they were down a game and the tiebreaker, and now they're up on the Bills. <laughs> uh, speaking of the playoffs, the number one seed last year, the Tennessee Titans, they've been on a roll. Uh, they look to keep it, keep it going uh, against the Broncos. Wilson under pressure, stepping up, 
firing downfield. It's tipped and intercepted by Mitchell, who takes a knee at the one. Now let's take that one home. Get out of here, Dick. I am scanning for a flag. I am not finding one. And the Titans are going to win this football game with 11 seconds to go. All right, there we go. So we got two wees today. And now we got a let's. Let us. Two wees and an us. They are literally team employees. Right. Get I, like a Super Bowl ring if, if they win. Right. I enjoy so, them yeah. leaning into it. I have no issue right. with it. It's something in the New York media they were taught not to do. Sure. So if you're from that land area of the country, you didn't hear it as much, but you hear it all over the place. I think it's nice. Mike Keith with the call, WGFX. Uh, yes, Terrence Mitchell had the interception to ice the game, and Ryan Tannehill, who they're rolling. They lost wet last week, but I think that's six out of seven now uh, for the Titans, who take care of business against the Broncos, 17-10. Wasn't easy. They rallied back from a 10-point deficit to do it. Tannehill, obviously, on the bad ankle, um, and you could see it. He was limping after one scramble, but he made a couple big passes, uh, touchdown passes on a day where Derrick Henry was unable to get going at all. Uh, so that is a that is a good sign for the Titans that they can win a game when Henry does nothing and Tannehill, I thought, played very well. It's bringing the mm. gravedigger uh, on this. And when I say he played very well, it's not going to statistically, it's not going to jump out at you. But I thought given the fact that clearly he's not 100% and Denver, even without uh, you know Bradley Chubb, anymore this is still a good defense that was playing well I thought he really uh, muscled up including at the end of the half of that big touchdown pass that kind of changed things yeah Tannehill put together a great two-minute drive with Henry barely on the field for that for that drive drove him all the way down the field and and threw a dot to Nick Westbrook Aquina in the back of the end zone to make it 10-7 at halftime and then he had the huge play to, to get to 14 with the flea flicker touchdown to, also to Nick Westbrook Aquina who really stepped up and had a career game, five catches, 119 yards, and two touchdowns af a week after the Titans receivers all combined for zero catches. So obviously Tannehill being back is a huge part of that, but also guys stepping up and making plays helped a lot. Traylon Burks was back for this game, but this game also featured a combined total of 17 punts between the two teams. It's going to be a tough game pass every watch. Broncos this is, yeah. game. This is the recipe for a 45-minute game pass. And mm. this game ended like a lot of games had already gone final, and this game still had like five minutes left in the fourth quarter. So Yeah, the Titans, you know, they gave the Broncos a chance in the fourth quarter to bring Malik Willis on the field in a, a key third down play uh, that leads to a fumbled snap, uh, which gave the Broncos life. And yet, and this isn't breaking news, but, you know, it is so hard to watch. You thought maybe a, a, a bye week and a chance to reset and maybe Russ gets healthy. Maybe the, a different uh, version of the Broncos offense shows up. But Wilson was just completely under siege. Great job by the front seven of Tennessee, obviously. But there's also a lot of stuff going on here with the Denver offense. It just seems to me that Wilson, and again, this is everyone seeing this, but you watch it and it just it's glaring when you think about what Denver gave up to get him and how in deep they are that he's a beat or two or three slow to recognize pressure, and he doesn't seem to have the athleticism, Russell Wilson, to escape in addition to accuracy issues he's had. It's kind of – it's just he's not a very good quarterback right now, and I don't know what they do about this. That's the bigger concern for me is just like, wait a minute, this isn't a just-now thing potentially. It could be who Russell Wilson is going for. They lost Jerry Judy 
That did not look good. It looked like an Achilles when it happened. Yeah, it was it on, did. The, on the first series of the game. They said it was an ankle, and Ian Rappaport reported that it's not an Achilles, but it looked pretty he, bad. Judy in the locker room said he hopes it might even just be a low ankle sprain. So yeah, that would just be, he we was should, grabbing at the back. The see. fact that they come back from the bye and then in the second half of the game have five punts and an interception, no, and, it's like and Judy gets hurt in the first. Oh, for eight on third down in the second half, the Broncos were. But also, they came into this game without their starting right tackle Cam Fleming and their starting center Lloyd Cushenberry. Whatever the Titans were down seven know, defensive starters, they, literally seven defensive I know, starters. That's I know the that. Titans. But then they also lost Billy Turner and Graham Glasgow, okay, their backup okay, center okay. and their backup right tackle. Okay. And so they were down to third. So they had a. a Rookie third string center snapping the ball, and he they had multiple mishandled snaps in the fourth quarter after this guy. I think came it's important game. that you say that, Justin. Um, but also, when you give up what you did to get Russell Wilson, he's supposed to lift your team up a little bit. And they they get down to the red zone in that final minute, and I think it just says so much that I know you're you're a fan of the team involved, so it might be different from you. I had no confidence at all that it was going to end with a touchdown for the Broncos just because we've seen it too much this season and I just want to play something Mark and I want you to react to this from Nathaniel Hackett who he knows his job is in danger right now Hmm. uh, and he knows why his job is in danger and I wonder at what point he is going to start pushing back on it's all on me who else should you be blaming here Another close game, another one-score game, and uh, we feel like you know the defense stepped up to the challenge with Derrick Henry. I, I give uh, our defense so much credit, and the, I mean the offense has to find a way. We're, we're one scores each time. I mean, I think what you're what you're pointing to a little bit there is that this has to be a fractured locker room. And if you're Nathaniel Hackett, the one thing we've heard from players, guys like when you talk to MJD, other stuff is like coaches. A first-time head coach has to come in with a special trait. Uh, it's really unclear. In fact, it's clear to see that Nathaniel Hackett is not offering a special trait right now. And the players in these meetings week after week, you just start to lose them. Well, what, I, what I'm saying, what I think he's saying there, and of course, who knows, but the offense has to find a way. I think he's saying Russell Wilson has to find a sure. way. Help me. Help me, man, because we're need, we need you. We're throwing you. You need to save us because you were supposed to save us this season. The only thing is, though, there are, you could point to, especially early on in the year, five games in a row where coaching decisions and coaching oh, management sure. sunk the team. He so should it's be a in shared danger. issue. He should they're, be in danger. They're giving up less than 17 points a game. Right, their defense is amazing. And they're three and six. That I mean, says it that's all. That's hard to do. All right, let's uh, move to SoFi Stadium where the Rams and a battle of backup quarterbacks, same old problems popping up. McCoy drops back to throw a deep ball left side and a one-handed catch by Rondell Moore. What a dime by Colt McCoy. Incredible grab by Rondell Moore. Oh, my goodness. Colt McCoy just <laughs> dropped a pee into a thimble. you got to be kidding yes. me. Yes. Yes. Oh, what a day for the radio crews. Dave passed, but that was Ron Wolfley. Yeah. Mr. It's a dewy leaf. Our sunlight, moonlit night. <laughs> sunlight, moonlit. <laughs> I don't know. He's the best. KMVP. Uh, we highlighted that. We all watched it together in the newsroom because Colt McCoy hung tough, came back from a, a banged up knee earlier in the game and then delivered that strike on fourth down to Rondell Moore that basically put this game away. 27-17. The Cardinals beat the Rams here in L.A. across the sidewalk. And uh, let's start with the Cardinals. Um, even though I believe the Rams are the more intriguing story, you got to give them credit. They took care of business here. Rams team that was playing with John Wolford at quarterback, but it was Kyler Murray out with a hamstring mark. Um, and he uh, 
gets replaced by Colt McCoy, who does the job and leads his team to a win. I mean, Colt McCoy did this last year. He came in and he's just, I, I'm not, I know that when I'm around you guys, I'm like a huge Colt McCoy guy. I named my child Colt after Colt McCoy based on stuff from a long time ago when he was on the Browns. Here's the thing, like, he comes in, he's just solid. He, the chemistry that Kyler was showing with DeAndre Hopkins transferred to Colt McCoy. Uh, the A.J. Green, who's essentially vanished from the atmosphere uh, this season, suddenly making big catches with Colt McCoy. So he just came in and did what you need a backup quarterback to do, which is not really what John Wolford did. And I think if you're the Rams, you're a burning house right now. This is a big problem. Well, we, we get on Cliff so much for not providing an advantage. I mean, this is kind of a coaching game, and the Cardinals mm, won. You sure. could You could – Dan, like, Dan is so down. The like, I get it. I'm just you saying. Beat John Wolford. Let's, well, you know. I, no, no, my point is, took care of if they had lost to John Wolford, we'd be the flip side. The point is, it's like they threw the ball 11 straight times to start the game. They showed a lot of confidence in McCoy there with the fourth down, and they like threw the ball the whole game. They ultimately had the better looking offense, and I was disappointed by the Rams defense. I, I did not expect the Rams defense to allow 27 points to Arizona. I know Terrible. the Rams offense contributed to that, but ultimately Colt McCoy led them on three really long touchdown drives. I that Terrible. Jonathan Vilma was all over it. He was like, even when the Rams are making big plays on defense and getting off the field, they're not that excited. Mm-hmm. That like you want to talk about bad vibes in a locker room, right? That like they don't think their backup quarterback's going to make any plays. So even when they make a big play, they're not celebrating. I mean, listen, it's unbelievable. We talked about going into this game like, oh, Matthew Stafford might not play with a concussion, but you know how much more of a downgrade could it be? I'll I'll point to Cooper Cup's stat line today: three catches for negative one yards on five targets. The last target, a throw sailed out of bounds that. Cup gives everything he has to grab in the second half, gets rolled up on, and what looks like a bad potential lower leg ankle injury um, looked like a guy that was going to miss significant time potentially. We'll see what happens, uh, what we learn in the next 24 hours. Uh, But, yeah, you take Cup out of the mix, and there's just nothing there. And, like, on the Friday Fun Show, just because, first of all, you – it's well documented. I'm not a fan of this Cardinals regime or this team. And I thought the Rams would have some type of muscle memory to keep their season – interesting here and namely their big name players like Aaron Donald to step up and have a big game and I look again Aaron Donald nowhere to be seen in the statute one QB hit and it's just this team is not they've no showed let's face it the Los Angeles Rams have no showed this season coming off their Super Bowl win and you're seeing it week after week. There's going to be a lot of empty seats uh, in this building in December. There were uh, booze raining down at SoFi today, which is this is a team that, you know, is months removed from having won the Super Bowl. I think the frustration is at peak levels. I will say this about one little thing about Colt McCoy, too. I, I know <laughs> I, uh, Colt, Kyler Murray is an, an incredible talent, but the characteristic of that offense has been weird, Uh-oh. bizarre gaps week do after it? week. Do it. Well, I'm just going to say Colt McCoy is someone that came in and ran a cleaner ship today, cleaner offense than I, they have. I saw this from a longtime Cardinals writer who was like, I think this is the offense Cliff wants to run, which Uh-oh. is like, I think that says more about Cliff if that's even true. And then I thought, wait, this is the offense Cliff has been running. Five yards per per attempt. They didn't go over 300 yards on the on the play. You're right, you didn't make, but it wasn't any different. The Rams offense wasn't even that much different. The, the surprising thing here is that, yeah, the Rams defense got run over and um, you know guys for some reason they come to mind because they're playing together behind PJ Walker right now but Sam Darnold Baker Mayfield you could look as you spin forward in your career and look at 
Geno Smith is maybe the North Star after what he's been do- doing this year. Longtime backup has his moment. But you know what? You could also calibrate this. Go for Colt McCoy. Play 12 to 14 years in this league. Make 3 to $5 million a year. Have a couple of good moments every year. And then that pension and that notoriety and the private jets, it stays in your life for it's fun. years yeah. and years. And it's, wear and tears down. He, he's had a nice little career. He did career. it last year. He's doing it right now. Become I'll a hard knock storyline this week. I mean, uh, they'll be a little more interesting this week now. Coming, I'm not coming in. Off a win. I'll right. let you guys cover this oh, hard knock. It's going to star one? Colt McCoy oh. now. You guys should do a hard knocks podcast. Mark, That's my Dan's uh, taking this personal because he's not doing a podcast. He's like, how dare they do it in season one? No, I was. I would. They asked me to do the podcast, uh, and I said, I'm not really interested in this team. And yeah. there's a lot going on in the league right now, but it doesn't mean that you guys. We could. Couldn't do it. Uh, let's see what the next episode brings. It would, it would be. It, we're Lock them in. That's a yes. It would be an absolutely flawless production to start two weeks into Hard Knocks with let's, the podcast. Let's pencil Greg and Mark in for. When do we wrap up the Tuesday taping? Usually about 1 o'clock around I'm lunchtime. I'm not agreeing to this. Just roll yet. straight into a Hard Knocks I could already taping. say this we, is a hard no. <laughs> let's stress with a pencil, not right. a pen. Uh, should, by the way, I thought you were going to break out the moribund LA Rams. Because uh, uh, this was a fork off to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think. They, we, they got away with it this week, but it's coming for I them. I think yep. this was a like fork death. off, and they got forked. All right, let's uh, take a break, and we'll be right back. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant. Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Welcome back. The Colts were buried all week for their decision to can Frank Reich and move to Jeff Saturday every Sunday. 
Let's see how it all started for Saturday on Sundays. <laughs> it's confusing. Close downfield into the end zone, and it's broken up by the Colts by Stephon Gilmore. Devontae Adams, the intended receiver, and no flags on the play, and the Raiders have turned it over on downs with under a minute to go. Oh, my God, that's good on good right there, and we won it. <laughs> Yeah, we did win. That's three <laughs> wees. Bingo. Well, this is a deserved wee. We got one, two, three hat tricks for wees and an us. Matt Taylor and Rick Venturi. Venturi with the big wee there off the top turnbuckle out of nowhere. Macho Man style. WFNY. Yes, Matt Ryan got his job back. That was random uh, this morning. And then he said, okay, might as well play well because – Probably going to the Hall of Fame, and I'm better than the Ellinger guy. Easy, easy, Maybe easy, shouldn't be in the league. Uh, everything I said is true just now. Final score, 25-20. to 20. Colts over the moribund Las Vegas Raiders in their building. I mean, are you kidding me? Mark Sessler, you were uh, emotionally invested in this game. You're a fan of chaos. And the Colts, uh, for one week at least, uh, proved the doubters wrong. I mean, this game was bathed in... Ultra chaos. I I don't I can't really remember witnessing something like this from a from a a thing where everyone all week long, like you said, just looked at the Colts and said, "You clowns! What a clown show! What a clown car you've become!" And then suddenly, days later, Jeff Saturday, who was on ESPN a week ago, is winning a game as head coach of the Colts, and they actually looked functional today compared to weeks past. Now. You, you pointed it out. I mean, Jeff Saturday arrives, and suddenly Matt Ryan's starting. That's so um, unfair to Reich. Reich. It totally. Frank Reich has got to be. Now, Frank Reich's sitting home getting paid, but from Frank Reich has got, is a man of pride. We know that. Like, I mean, he put his heart into this are. job. And he's watching Matt Ryan play good football with a healthy Jonathan Taylor looking like Jonathan Taylor. Against running the number for 32 60. defense. Right. I mean, just it's it, – it, they, they, I will say this, though, from the flip side, from the Saturday part of this. I wanted to see, like, if you're going to come in out of nowhere, you've been nothing but a high school coach. You're a television analyst. You've got mere days to organize a, a coaching staff that had fired their OC, fired the quarterback's coach. You hand the offense over to Parks Frazier, a 30-year-old. Waterboy. Like, what, this, had the, this, this had the chance to be an epic disaster. Instead, I will say, like, they kept cutting to Parks Frazier up in the booth, and you can tell he's a little underwater. Of course, we all well, would he's be. running around right. giving out coffee, right. like, crawlers, well, this calling time, plays. He's doing something different this time. <laughs> he is calling the best Colts offensive show of the all year, right. and I'm telling you, like, it's kind of incredible and probably a little embarrassing to a lot of people that the Colts in this situation, this was functional. Saturday seemed totally in control emotionally, uh, and they won. Well, I think you could be two things. I think everything last week was kind of a clown car for the Raiders, uh, for the Colts, the way they handled certain things. But at the same time, it's like, hey, these guys are all professionals, and, and it you cannot sleep on one of the reasons why – Someone that is super plugged in like a Zach Kiefer for the athletic was like, I think maybe this team has one win in it because the organization is so strange and out of control right now that they went from having Ellinger as the quarterback on Friday to Matt Ryan back after we were told 
like very specifically that he will not be the quarterback again about four weeks ago. You put Matt Ryan back in, a guy that I think, if he's not a Hall of Famer, Greg, he is right on the cusp. He's a former MVP. He'll be discussed. Um, it really changes things, and I think it's it's kind of a disgraceful look, quite honest, honestly, for the Raiders uh, to get beat in this spot. And what the season mark has just uh, crashed for this team. Well, it's just, I, I, you do look at a team that you don't have Darren Waller, you don't have Hunter Renfro. It's so much more a, than that, though. It is, but you've lost a bunch. Of, you, there are, like, legit parts of this roster that are a mess. Derek Carr, like, did not play. He played a good game. He, at one point, had 13 straight completions, 10 in a row on a drive that finished with a touchdown. They kept coming back, and, like, he and Devontae Adams, we've seen this before. They got electric for, you know, 15, 16 minutes in a row, and they got enough from Josh Jacobs where they had a chance to win this game. But I don't think there's anything about the Josh McDaniels oh experience right now that is anything other than a mess. We just saw it, Josh McDaniels hugging Jeff Saturday at midfield. And I mean, McDaniels must be thinking to myself, how the hell did I get here? Jeff Saturday, who as an analyst a couple <laughs> weeks ago, we mentioned this, tweeted the Raiders basically suck. He so was right. His, his anal <laughs> analysis was great. You were saying like people must be embarrassed. You know, people who went hard on the Colts this week are like almost annoyed that they won this game. You know who also might be? Quarterbacks coach of the Colts, Scott Milinovich, who turned down the offensive coordinator job because he thought he was putting him in a bad spot. That's what our guys Ian Rappaport and Tom Pelissero reported. They weren't going to revise his contract either. And he was like, no. But here he is out on the field, and he must be watching this be like, oh, maybe I should have called him. <laughs> um, on the other side, uh, we were told that Derek Carr was very emotional. None of us have heard this uh, after the game. Here's what Carr had to say. Two and seven, the Raiders are. Hmm. Moribund. Sorry for being emotional. I'm just pissed off. What is this accent? But some of the things, you know, that a lot of us try and do just to practice. What we put our bodies through just to sleep at night. And for that to be the result Oof. of all that effort pisses me off. Oof, I feel for Carr. He seems like a good dude. He's caught in... It's dark. There's a lot of criticism around this team. He deserves some of it. Um, but 2-7, and seven, this was not the plan. And to lose to this Colts team, like you're saying, Mark and Greg, um, it's kind of like the low point in what's been a really low season in general. You couldn't create a season to make you more emotional and upset if you were a Raiders fan because it's not like they've just looked like the worst team. Think about some of these games they've had. They had the 20 to nothing lead against the Cardinals. They had uh, the Titans game that they blew right at the end. They had the Chiefs game where they on Monday Night Football, they, they look like they play amazing and go into Arrowhead and then blow it at the very end. They get it shut out in New Orleans, which is just incredibly deflating. They had the 17-point lead that they blew a week ago to the Jaguars, and then you have losing to Jeff Saturday. I mean, that is a torture chamber. Yeah, that, that is the worst season that's I've ever rough, heard. That's a rough um, one. And, Mark, you're, you were very excited. You're a man, an agent of chaos, uh, a la the Joker in the Dark Knight. Um, well, I, I mean, I'm not looking to create that well, kind that's of your opinion. our society. But. I was not um, – I thought the Colts deserved whatever they were, had coming – until, for me, it hit a pivot point uh, this morning on CBS's uh, pregame show <laughs> when the great Bill Cower uh, shared a long, prepared monologue that ended thusly. For an owner to hire a coach who's never been an assistant 
at the college level or the pro level and overseeing a very much a lot of candidates that are qualified for that job, as we see in Steve Wilkes, an opportunity to build a resume, it's a disgrace to the coaching profession. Mm. And regardless of how this thing plays out, what happened in Indianapolis is a travesty. <laughs> and like, not it's I not that I don't that disagree Sorry. with everything there, but it's just like serious football man has serious takes on a very serious issue. It's just football. The owner gets to do whatever the hell he wants. Yeah. The owner liked Saturday, and I understand. But, like, are we all crying in our beer because John Fox didn't get another chance to do the head coaching thing in the NFL? Bill, calm down. Everybody relax. It's just football. And also, Jeff Saturday is, like, th- this is not someone with zero football experience in life. I get it was a totally out-of-the-box hire, but, like, the, one, the, the drumbeat from the minute he got there was, like, wait, this guy, we like this guy. This guy's... Good, good with us. You could be good for funny, the Colts. Um, if, if either Dan or I, I would be more annoying with sitting next to Bill Cower as he was saying that and <laughs> laughing like we were on this show. Like, then that would have made for some good TV. That would have been yes, really it would. Perhaps he I mean, those are like he would have punched us. That was like bet, like you could put like Walter Cronkite reading the the bullet news flash from Dallas next to Bill Cower <laughs> and Derek Carr right now. You wouldn't tell what's the most serious situation. Yeah. Except there were like tons of people saying similar things all week. I know, but it's just the way Bill said. No, I, I, the, the <laughs> delivery separates. Like a dad that's mad at you for bringing home a bad report card. Do, All right. do you think that this, this goes anywhere? Or this just like is a one one week fun thing. Well, I mean, that's I think what goes somewhere probably. is if Matt Ryan's going to play the way he did today, and Jonathan Ryan Taylor's going to so run. Much. The, Jonathan Taylor has yeah. not and been Taylor. there all season. Taylor was excellent today. All right, let's uh, wrap up the early games with a trip to the field formerly known as Heinz. From the 38, third and 10, in the gun, Andy Dalton gets the snap. He's back, has time. I thought Bill Cooper was going to start crying right that pass will be because the Colts fired their head coach. Yes! And hired the ESPN yeah. yeah, That would have been amazing if he started crying. Rises up once again. And he shall be called Levi, the great one. No doubt about it. All right, nice play there to seal it by the Pittsburgh D. Bill Hillgrove and Craig Wolfley the call. WDBE. Kenny Pickett and George Pickens ran for one-yard touchdowns, and the defense with T.J. Watt back shut down the Saints 20-10. to Watt still believes they have a chance to make a run at 3-6. and Maybe, probably not, but Mark... Um, it was nice to see them get in the win column, and the Saints are just a mess this year. Saints are a mess. Pittsburgh has been a mess. They've been tough to watch, but I think two things happened today for Pittsburgh. Their ground game, which has been, um, I think, one of the root causes of why, you know, Kenny Pickett's been put into a tough spot passing the ball because you don't buy their ground game. Najee Harris has not been good. Today they just started, they exploded. They have not had a run all year long going into today of more than 20 yards. They had four of them. It was Najee Harris with a titanic 36-yard run. Pickett ran for two of them over 20-plus. He is good on the ground. And Jalen Warren ended the game with a 21-yard run. On the flip side, Andy Dalton just had a classic sort of late-game Andy Dalton meltdown. Get him out. He had a meltdown. I mean, this defense, they they had T.J. Watt back, and it changed the game right away. They're a different defense, obviously. But guys like DeMonte Kazee, who's not played at all, had a huge pick of Andy Dalton. Uh, Andy Dalton was stuffed on downs on a big fourth down 
attempt at sneak that, did, that went nowhere. Levi Wallace ended the game with an interception. So when you get that version of Andy Dalton, because he still makes, you know, he still throws the ball well, and I think it's like, it's not just him, but they, they really couldn't get anything going with Alvin Kamara. Uh, Landry was back, Jarvis Landry. Chris Olave does wonderful things, but when Andy Dalton's going to give you those interceptions and that meltdown content, um, a, Pitts, a team like Pittsburgh with what they have, their defense took care of the job. I mean, the Saints had 10 first downs in 186 yards and it looked against like the it. Steelers. 186. I, I know J. TJ Watt was back, but Whoa. they also had 10 penalties. I think they had a pre-snap penalty before they had a play, which is just their season. They are so injured, too, right now. So it's a combination of things. I think they're really poorly coached, and they're incredibly injured. And Well, this so, Greg, to your point, they had a new left tackle, left yep. guard, and center in there, and I think that caused a lot of problems. Right. I on defense too, they were just like, they're just losing role players, and Pete Werner, my guy, was gone, too, and just Pete, like... Callaway, just a lot of guys were out, but they're sloppy. And I, I, you talk about buy-in with Hackett. It, it's weird that there really are few one-and-done coaches, you know, in the last decade. And yet we've got four candidates. I was going to say we might Hackett, need Lovey, Da, and McDaniel's are all at least conversations right now. Yeah. And to me, I think the Saints might be the most likely and has the potential to just get the ugliest moving Because forward. that also feels like almost like an interim hire. It, it's not like we went out, and, went out and got this guy that we see mm-hmm. as our dude for the next four years. It's like one and done. Check you later. I mean, they, we'll they, see. they were talking him up as a guy that they really believed in, I thought, when, when the job changed hands. I wonder if, if the old guy would potentially be back in the mix. I don't they, think he's going to come back to this situation. He doesn't want to. That is to ugly. To, we'll we'll yeah, have a lot of time for that, but. He hey. could go to a two-and-done L.A. Chargers team, potentially. Hey, at least the Steelers won a football game. The Steelers did get a W. And how did Kenny Pickett look in this game? Really up and down. I, I just don't think he, he reads the field really well. I think his mobility really helps them. Um, George Pickens and Pickett have a nice thing going on. I, I, he, you know, he'll make a couple throws. He's aggressive. I like that about him. But I was almost surprised they didn't bench him at one point. But I know they just they want to stick with him and see him well, that's through. That's a point, right? Whoa, really? I mean, I just, like... He, the first half of this was a mess. Like they, it just—he looked to me. It was one of his, one of his, and he's had a lot, a bunch of, a string of ineffective appearances. It just he didn't look like ready for prime and time. He had the ball for or, 30, or, or one p.m. Eastern. Thirty-eight minutes. The Saints defense, like, Anyways. just has no, no backbone I know, Greg, to it. I know it's it, okay. It's crazy. No, it's just it's okay. crazy. <laughs> like the, I know the, you, the, you had a lot invested in the twenty twenty two Saints, and I did not. Well, did I? You did. You like, have a, you have a like bit of a Saints. Or fifth, you have a Saints. Fourth or fifth. Oh, yeah. I, now I'm, I'm fascinated by what's going to happen next. But they're like the I one... did like the Saints, and then they lost some games, and the Seahawks started winning games, so now I like them. Exactly. Like, that's why you yeah, spread it out. Runner. You just like team. You like a bunch of teams. Uh, Geno Smith. <laughs> it's, almost, it's almost like you're loyal to not a team, but yeah. the whole of the sport. There we go. Come on, Justin. I know you got it in you. Thought he was uh, out of I'm here. loyal to football. There it is. I was never <laughs> pumping up th- this team, but it is it is wild to have 21 minutes time of possession against this Steelers team who hasn't been able to like exert their will at all. They're all less. right. Good stuff. You know what else is good stuff? A little Sunday night football. It's just going to be me and Mark. Dan has uh, taken off into that dark Los Angeles night. All right, let's do it. No timeouts, 53 seconds. Need a touchdown. Sideline shot. And ball is Hufunga picking it off. And run out of bounds at the 42-yard line. Omena, who got the pressure, got the arm. Hufunga gets the pick. And the Niners are going to get the victory. 
That was Talanoa Hufanga, Dan's boy, getting it done in Dan's absence. 22 to 16, the 49ers get it done. They shut out the Chargers 12 to nothing in the second half. Good offense, good defense, and ultimately smothered the Chargers. Mark, is this what Kyle Shanahan envisioned when he traded for Christian McCaffrey? Well, I think the second half was. I mean, this, I, the story of the game at halftime was was the Chargers' defense, which allowed mm. 51 yards rushing after getting gashed weekly on the ground. And you thought that would have been the way the Niners would establish it at the outset. But in the second half, it, you got to the point where the banged-up Chargers were down to three healthy defensive linemen. And I think it allowed behind Trent Williams and the rest of the Niners' offensive line for them to just pound it away. I mean, they just—they were they get, the second half went by so quickly because that's what the Niners want to do: just controlled long drives and a couple key throws by Jimmy G. Right. It didn't feel like it's some great game by the 49ers' offense when you finish with 22 points, and you know, until late until the fourth quarter, I think what they had 13 points or 12 points going into the fourth quarter. After it was 13-3, to they have a long touchdown drive uh, that ended their possessions in the first half. Then they had a long field goal drive in- to start the third quarter. Then they have a long touchdown drive to start the fourth quarter. They kind of did what they needed to do. They don't really get that much from McCaffrey, but this team is just like someone's going to pop up out of all these guys. And today it was Ayuk, and it was Elijah Mitchell. Kind of is weird that Elijah Mitchell got more carries than Christian McCaffrey and looked better than Christian McCaffrey, but I guess that's a good problem. Also down at the goal line. I don't know why they are using him the way that they do. But, uh, I mean, for me it was also the defense because you look at the Chargers' second-half possessions. Punt, punt, punt. Very little happened there, obviously. A drive that ended on downs, and then that final interception by Justin Herbert when they had a minute, you know, essentially a minute to try to go downfield and win with a touchdown and they couldn't get going. Right. It, it's tough watching the chargers. Like you want to give them pats on the back. Cause okay. Nobody's out there and it's Deandre Carter and it's Joshua Palmer and their injuries on defense have, have obviously been a problem too. But in the end, you look up, and they had 12 first downs in this game and 238 yards. And I thought until the end, Herbert played well. I do think he's going to have to get to a point where he's willing to force the ball into tight places that maybe he hasn't been willing to force it into because after that first touchdown drive, and he had some beautiful throws on that drive and elsewhere in the first half when they got the ball down to the two, he was throwing it short on third and long quite a bit, and that's kind of been a, a Chargers theme that he profiles statistically. And sometimes when you just watch the game as like an Alex Smith in Kansas City or a Drew Brees late in his career, and that, that shouldn't be Justin Herbert. No, like Brandon Stilley had those comments that, you know, now he's finally healthy no matter what we've been telling you, and he's ready to be aggressive and be the old Justin Herbert. And we just haven't really seen – that guy in a while. He did have an incredible touchdown pass tonight to DeAndre Carter. It was like a typical like Herbert absolute dart. Right, and he had another great... He, he really did play fantastic in the first half. Like, Trey McKitty dropped a potential touchdown. He had another gem to Palmer that set them up inside the five that they didn't score a touchdown on. I thought that was a key play. But, like, he needs to be brilliant. It's kind of like the Atlanta game a year a week ago. I thought he played great and they end up with 20 points against Atlanta. I thought he played really well in the first half tonight, and they go into halftime with 13 points. Like, it, it, even though, even despite the fact that they got 
a couple things breaking for them. They got a, a recovered fumble. They had a special teams turnover and or special teams big play, and still nothing. Yeah, and it's like they talked about how Brandon Staley had a little bit of an edge to him in their meetings, the broadcast team with him, saying, why aren't we being talked about? We are banged up too like other teams. We have this 5-3 mm. and three record. And you're 5-4, and four, and I think this is – we kind of saw tonight reasons why the Chargers aren't really talked about in a certain special light potentially. They're Give incomplete. me a break. He was the same guy that said a few weeks ago, We've won three in a row, but it doesn't feel like it. But so that's why, and yeah. they're, they're doing fine. They're yeah. they're five and four. The season isn't over for them, but they are in a Sunday night football and back to back weeks. So if you weren't inspired watching them tonight, they're going to be home against the Chiefs, and I'm have a feeling there's going to be like a lot of Kansas City fans here. A lot of Los traffic Angeles. here at our workplace too. That is a that is a concern. Uh, what do you think the traffic's going to be like tonight? There is a post Malone show at the Forum right next door. Uh, concerned. I'm Ubering. I'm trying to catch an Uber somewhere. So as long as those um, those that employment type job for people that are drivers and drivers. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. I, I, I am. Know, we're I, we don't know. I don't. I think. I hopefully, if they're in the post Malone show, then we're good. No. Yeah. That's true. Right. The, the show won't be over. And yeah. yeah. The the 49ers end up with 157 on the ground. So it wasn't McCaffrey that got it. Elijah Mitchell had 18 for 89. McCaffrey goes 14 for 38. McCaffrey more involved in the passing game. Uh, Juwan Jennings makes a couple of plays. This team just has so many guys that are difficult to tackle. That when Kittle and Debo are almost silent in this game. Debo had a couple runs. You still look fine. So they have a lot yeah. of different ways they can win games. That's why, like, I don't... Yes, Gravedigger. I just want to jump in to address the controversy that's going around on Twitter about this whole should have been a touchback towards the end of that game, if you yeah. have any thoughts on it. I, I don't, like, I guess, I you know, they weighed in that, that officially it should have been, like, to my eyes, it was like... I mean, they blew the, the whistle, though. At no point did they mention, though, that they blew the whistle before he got pushed into the end zone or fell back into the end zone. So, at that point, the play's over. Right. And, yeah, maybe they made a mistake in blowing it too soon, but his feet were stopped. I mean, we're just picking nits. We got other things to be worried about when it comes to officiating. I'm not that worried about the guy, like, slowly moving I'd, back. I'd agree with that, with that take right there. Including the ejection in in this game, that was uh, that was that was a bit of a, a, bit of a loose ejection for yeah, Jay that... Green, Greenlaw, who who clearly deserved a penalty on that play against Herbert, but that was a, a quick ejection. Asking defensive defenders to like simply move their bodies and shift in midair, depending on where the head of the quarterback is when he's I mean, tackled it's still by someone a penalty. else. You hit him penalty, in the head, but ejection. But I mean, yeah. All right, so the 49ers move to five and Eject four. Eject me. They have the uh, the seven spot right now in the NFC. It's not too early to start looking at this stuff, but they are tied in the loss column with Seattle. The Chargers now fall a couple games back of the Chiefs. The AFC West can be decided next Sunday night. But that's or basically clinched next Sunday night. But that's next Sunday night. This Sunday's over. It started in Germany. It's ending here. Dan somewhere else in Los Angeles. And you know who was in Germany, Justin Graver? Colleen Wolf. Colleen Wolf. And uh, it was such an exciting uh, day there. We asked Colleen for some of her thoughts late in the German night. And mm, uh, after, this could be interesting. after the outro here, we're, we're going to say goodbye here. Uh, we're going to have a little uh, Easter egg if you guys are curious what it was like to be there in Munich. But until then, for Mark Sessler. Dan Hansis, for Bono, for Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt, is it this Bono thing? For Nick Shook, for Justin Graver, for Hufanga, for everyone. Heed the call. The end of that game, when we started the post-game show, 
I was supposed to start talking about how the Bucks can build off this win and did they turn the season around and immediately that felt so wrong. And I just wanted to share what it was like to be in that stadium while everyone remained in their seat well after the game finished. Nobody left and everyone was singing and holding on to each other and swaying and their lights were out on their phones and it just felt so cool and so powerful and just like a true connection where everyone was present and just living in the moment and it was undeniable. I don't know what it was like to watch on TV. I hope it came off that way because it was like the coolest thing that's ever happened in my life. And I know that it sounds like crazy hyperbole, but I have chills even just talking about it right now. And to see Henry Hodgson and to see the German fans like really, really embrace this night and this day. It was so cool. I miss you guys. I feel really vulnerable at this point. So maybe don't play it. Just use it as background or, you know, use your judgment. Don't ruin my career. Okay. Love you. See you guys soon. Bye. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.